Hey everyone, and welcome back to this episode of Taking in Your 20s with me, your host, Allie Gav. So in this episode, I sat down with um, college friend Evan Magallanes. Um, Evan and I met four and a half years ago on the Vex, which is like the college like shuttle bus back up to the Vern, which is where we lived as freshmen um, at GW. We both met through club running, so the GW Club XC team. And I remember the first day I met Evan, we were sitting on the Vex together and we both just ran at practice. And at the time, Evan was trying to be on Club Frisbee and Club XC, but you know, he eventually gave in and dropped the Frisbee thing and was full-time XC and he never looked back. Um, but we bonded over talking about injuries that we had experienced through high school. And yeah, we've been friends ever since. Um, since then, we lived together um, sophomore year in our cross-country affinity, and, you know, now he's attending the University of Texas at Austin, um, and so in this episode, Evan and I both talk a lot about our grad school experiences, so Evan shares about his, we kind of float ideas back and forth about, you know, just the struggles of going from being an undergrad to being a graduate student and how that kind of looks. And we offer some advice for anyone who's looking to attend graduate school in the near future. So yeah, before I say too much, uh, here's the episode with Evan. here with my friend Evan today. We're going to be talking about um, post-undergrad life, but in graduate school. So we're both um, currently in grad school, but I'll kind of let Evan tell you about that. So Evan, do you want to introduce yourself to the people? Yeah, again, thanks for having me on the pod. It's uh, it's an honor. <laughs> um, so my name is Evan. Um, I was born and raised in El Paso, Texas. Uh, I'm currently going to school at the University of Texas at Austin. Um, pursuing my master's of public affairs in at the LBJ School uh, of Public Affairs, uh, and obviously came from DC, so it's a bit of a homecoming for me. Um, met Ali Gab through running, as most most folks know, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I've I've been able to keep that up uh, in grad school as well, um, and yeah, no, so I'm going on my seventh month here in Austin, and so far so good. Um, but I'm sure we'll get into some of the uh, some of the challenges that have come with that. But so far, so good. Yeah, awesome. Um, do you want to tell people what you studied in undergrad and why you chose to pursue what you're doing now in grad school? Sure. So uh, classic GW. Um, <laughs> I, I was pursuing a public, or I was pursuing a political science, um, and then I added on a geography degree as well. So kind yeah. of. Uh, that was that was the better one for sure um love that department missed them quite a bit um and so obviously uh doing public policy that that sort of seems like the next logical step with uh with doing political science but you know after the pandemic or i guess during the pandemic um sort of playing around with the idea of going straight into grad school i always thought that grad school was going to be in the plan yeah um, you know it, it just seemed like uh I, I wanted to keep going to school. I enjoyed it for my four years at GW. Um, I just didn't think it was going to be right after. Mm -hmm. uh, and public policy seemed like a good bridge between 
what I was doing at GW, um, and it offered me a bit more flexibility than a law degree would, or than an MBA would. Um, so I could actually pursue some of my policy interests, um, you know, equitable energy transitions, um, energy and environmental issues. And I could really kind of focus that here at UT. Um, and I, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, full disclosure, the, the cost really played into it. I, the in-state yeah. system looked real nice um, after paying GW's exorbitant. <laughs> so, um, so that was a big factor, but also, you know, practicing policy in Texas. Um, Which you, know, you are very passionate about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and, and it, it, it took going to GW to realize that. Mm -hmm. like you know like I think going to GW I was kind of running away from the state because I mean there's 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 certainly a lot to be said about Texas and not only its politics but just its sort of culture yeah so I was running away from that initially and while I was at GW you kind of got a you know I, I I don't know fell back in love with my state or saw the potential that was there uh, to affect change and decided that you know it's it's better to be on the ground doing that rather than trying to do it from afar so that's the roundabout answer to that yeah awesome um so you kind of touched on it a little bit like but i'm gonna ask you a little bit more directly um so you when you were going through the grad school process i think both of our grad school processes were very different in the fact that like you had a, a lot more schools that you could even apply to versus my pool is very small. I only ended up applying to two schools, um, but you definitely applied to more. Um, so I guess you kind of mentioned a little why you chose UT, um, but could you kind of dive into a little bit more about that, about like how that whole process for even choosing where to apply, why you chose UT? Um, yeah, all that. Yeah, what attracted sure. you to go there? Right, right. Um, yeah, it. I, I realize. I mean, we were both pretty stressed out about it. I think that was kind of the underlying thing. Yeah. No matter how many apply to, um, no matter you know, there, there's like so many different variables. But the one thing that unifies it all is that it's just stressful. I mean, and you throw yeah. a pandemic on top of that. So, yeah, I yeah, that was tough. Um, but yeah, you're correct. I, I applied to several institutions, and I think that reflects uh, just kind of where I was at. Mm -hmm. um, my life I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure on the grad school thing and so I was like hey, you know we're gonna start throwing out wanted to see the options yeah yeah exactly exactly and I you know I had spent a lot of time uh during the first initial quarantine so this was like summer of 2020 doing this research and being like all right maybe this is a feasible option now um, that's sort of when it started to become um, an option as opposed to just sort of this like idea vague idea exactly exactly yeah. and so obviously location was a big factor I think that kind of determined that was the biggest determining factor as to yeah you should have gone to UMish man <laughs> uh, <laughs> UMish oh man in that, the cold weather you you would have done great <laughs> oh man that would have been tough although they have a really good environmental justice environment I, you know, I, I don't regret it, but I think I could have made it work potentially. Um, that's easy to say uh, with like 80 degree weather at the moment. So I, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so location uh, and then, of course, uh, the program and, and then that that process was I don't think it can be boiled down to a science. Right. It's sort of a feeling like you'll talk to people, you'll talk to professors, 
you'll talk to students and you as the applicant kind of have to figure out what stands out to you i mean uh this is really unscientific but you know do they uh do they pass the vibe check are you getting a good feeling from the people you're talking to and that's really hard to to quantify you know i'm sure when you were applying to springfield though um you, you kind of got a sense that all right like th these people are going to help me get to where i want to go and they also you know i'm going to enjoy working with them because you're going to be doing it for two years yeah and you also know it's only two years i feel like that's also a lot yeah. less scary than like the four years of undergrad oh yeah oh yeah or or for some people who you know i know a couple of friends of mine who just went to their phd programs yeah mm -hmm. i mean you talk about a time commitment i mean oh, it's yes. totally expensive <laughs> unless you're getting paid to do it um so you're right yeah the two-year the fact that it'd be over in two years four semesters um yeah that was not that that was um it's yeah, more it manageable to think about absolutely yeah absolutely it um it made the decision a little easier um, yeah and then obviously like you said cost plays a role because you're coming out of undergrad you most likely already have loans on your back and so you're like where can i go that's going to give me the best education that i'm looking for but isn't going to cost me an arm and a leg to do that exactly and you know with the benefit of hindsight you know as an 18 year old i don't think uh you know i made the the most sound financial decision. I still made the right decision, right? I don't regret coming yeah. to but you know, comparing my decision-making process at the age of 18 to now, yeah, yeah cost was like, you know, went from being like the third most important option to like the number one most important option. And for all the reasons you listed, I, you know, avoiding unnecessary debt, you know, trying to maximize your, you know, how much you would spend and how much you get out of that education. And yeah. like I said, I'm fortunate that UT was an option, fortunate that it is a fantastic institution mm -hmm. and fortunate enough that I can, you know, utilize the, the in-state tuition um, privilege. And, you know, that's, uh, yeah, extremely fortunate that that was an option, um, you know, because the other options weren't really, I mean, it wasn't even close uh, in terms of affordability. So yeah. UT and then everybody else. Yeah, and it would have been tough. That would have been tough to to try and navigate. Um, would it have changed my mind? Maybe. Uh, although my family was pretty, pretty set on getting me to grad school. I think uh, that I don't know. I don't know how your family was about it, Allie. But my dad, my mom, extended family were all like, "Oh, but you're going to grad school, right?" Like I would come home for for break. Uh, it was like 2020 going into 2021, and it was just sort of assumed. Yeah. And at the time I was like, well, you know, I'm still applying to jobs. Let's see where that goes. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, oh, but I think you should get it done with. I think you should uh, just get it out of the way. Yeah. And so <laughs> I know I can say, well, if, if UT wasn't an option, maybe I wouldn't have gone, but I'm, I'm not too sure about that. I think I probably still would have gone. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, I don't know. I mean, I remember my dad talking to me kind of during that like summer pandemic 2020, um or yeah mm. 2020 I don't even know what year yeah 2020 <laughs> and he was just like honestly the best thing that you can do right now with the job market and he didn't even say this like directly to me he just meant like in general is like be stay in school because the job market is like not great right now anyway mm. and and so uh, like I feel like I didn't have that 
same experience in that like people expected me to go to grad school, but I honestly didn't really know what else I would do. I wasn't super sure. And I feel like all of undergrad, I was very sure that I would go to grad school. And I thought I was going to do that at GW. I was pretty positive I was going to do that at GW. And then I think during the beginning parts of the pandemic, I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do now. Like, um, and then, so I definitely ran into it a little bit later than you did. Like, I think you took the GRE a few weeks before me. I definitely studied a lot less though. Um, oh, it was all for that. I'm being honest, but I got oh. it done. I got it done. Um, only had to take it once. Thank God, because I don't think I would have wanted to sit there for another four hours. Oh, that was rough. Oof. Um, but so another thing I want to see if you, I'm pretty sure you have had some at least somewhat of a similar experience. But I think for both of us, we both are going to grad schools that are different than our undergrad institution. And I think that gives you a very different perspective on things than if you stay at your undergrad institution, um, because not only do you like know what other schools are like but it's also like sometimes harder to go in and not like already know things like I know for me at Springfield it was just kind of expected that the grad students like kind of figure their own shit out in some ways but you also still kind of feel like that freshman at least the first month or two because you don't like know where things are that like other students do um and so I guess like how do you think that whole process of like leaving GW and learning a whole like new system of how things go? Like I don't use Blackboard anymore, which like has been a process and all that sort of little stuff that you don't like think about until you're there. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think you put it well. It's like, yeah, being a freshman again. Yeah. Like, none of the fun part, well, not none of the fun parts, but you know, it's like all the hardest parts about being a freshman, like learning a new campus, learning how to use Canvas in my case, um, mm -hmm. all these things that you've already done uh, and you're having to do it again. You're having to relearn it. Um, even, even, you know, making new friends. I mean, that is like super hard. It, yeah, it's hard. And it, may, it comes easier to some folks than it does to others. I think yeah probably I think for you for both of us yeah a little more challenging and for sure. I, I know it was tough at GW but it was less tough because of the club because of club cross country and because you're a freshman like no one knows anyone so everyone's like trying to at least talk to people yeah. and you're all the same age that helps yeah. that helps immensely because here you're coming in you're quote unquote a freshman um, but some people in your class are your age and then there's some people in your class that are like 10 years older than you yeah and it's really hard to navigate too because you're, you're coming at it from such different perspective you're coming at yeah you're, you're both in very different places in your life and that can be hard to relate to and if, if it's yeah. hard to relate to someone it's going to be harder to befriend them and harder to connect with them um and so i think yeah it just took time it just took a lot of time to to really feel comfortable um, and to really feel like I was, like I belonged. Yeah. Um, that was a whole other, you know, conversation that I kept having to have with myself is like, I, I belong here. This is, I'm, I'm not an imposter. This imposter syndrome is just that it is yep. totally, totally a fiction of my imagination. Um, but that's, you know, that's, it, yeah, it was, um, yeah, maybe I underestimated it. I knew it was going to be a, a bit of a, you know, uh, transition, 
Uh, but yeah, going to from GW, which is like a you know small private school, relatively small private school, to the biggest school in one of the biggest states in the country. Yeah, that, that, that was jump. A big big jump. Um, I mean, I guess they're both still like city vibes. So. Yeah. So I mean, that is. I think if I had gone to like Springfield, I'm in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, I guess Springfield's a city, but like it's not. Oh. It's not what like if, a city city. Right. Well, I'm trying to think of an equivalent in Mass. Would would Amherst, uh, UMass, uh, be equivalent to Austin? No, no. Would it be like a more rural experience? Oh than, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think I, I mean think that, that would have been the bigger shock, right? Yeah. Or going to like I don't know, Penn State, something that's like really or uh, UVA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like middle of nowhere. Um, so yeah, good that it's still urban. Like there's, I mean, Austin's a great town. I mean, it's so fun. It is so fun. Um, little, it seems little, like uh, it. Yeah. I mean, come down, come down. And visit. I, I'm planning to next fall. I'm there. Perfect. Perfect. Um, but yes. So, but yeah, the imposter syndrome, super real. I think the other thing that I think no one talks about until they're a few months in and feel comfortable sharing that with other people, or at least I didn't with my other classmates. I think I had this conversation with you, but it's just like so hard because um, I'm going to have to edit this part out because I'm going to struggle to find my words here. Um, but where was I going with this? Oh, it's that like you kind of feel like everyone has like their shit together and like no one really does like everyone's kind of struggling everyone's kind of feeling that imposter syndrome and like doesn't really know what's going on especially with those like initial more like preliminary classes you kind of normally have to take like that first semester and then I actually started having some of those conversations with some of my classmates like this semester and just hearing them say like the exact same thing back to me and hearing them say that they feel the exact same way or felt the same exact way was so validating because I was like, okay, like I'm not the only one in my program that feels this way. Like I love my program, but I'm really glad that like other people also like feel this same struggle that I do. And it has nothing to do with like the classes or anything. It's just, I think the struggle of transitioning from your undergrad life where you're around all your, you know, best friends and living with them and going like to classes and blah, 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 clubs. And um, suddenly not clubbing, but clubs. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Club XC. Um, yeah. But, and then suddenly you're like, like you said, like half the people in your class could be like, have kids or be married or have been in the field for a couple of years and the other half could be straight out of grad school. I think probably now we're seeing more people straight out of undergrad just because of the pandemic. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but um, yeah, it's just weird. And people are like, some people are living like 45 minutes away from campus. Like people aren't living close by all the time. And so it's just a very, interesting dynamic and I think it really takes that first semester of just going through it to mm -hmm. feel more comfortable I know that this semester I'm like way more talkative in class like I'm way more talkative with like my professors and with my like classmates and that's also a personality trait of mine that takes me time mm -hmm. but I feel like understanding that everyone's kind of dealing with the same shit is like helpful now mm -hmm. oh yeah no that's it sounds uh 
very much like my experience that I give. It's it's almost uh, it's almost scary. Both <laughs> um, this exact or not this exact way, but very similar experiences. Yeah. How do you like living alone? Is this because this is the first time you've lived alone, alone, right? Yeah. I, I mean, there was like brief stints during the summer. Um, so when I was working at a GW uh, summer housing. Oh, yeah, yeah. In 2018, 2019. I when was you lived alone, yeah. But it was a short period of time and I was going into work every day. And, and so you would, um, you'd, you'd be seeing people and you would barely be home. So, so it's a bit different. Um, so you're correct. This is the first time that I've, you know, gone out and got an apartment by myself and, and paying rent by myself. Right. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like my space. It's not university space. It's my space. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's definitely has its benefits. Um, chief among them, you kind of, you, you're kind of in charge of your own schedule. Um, you're yeah. you can, you can lay it out how you want it to be laid out um you have more space <laughs> um and if you you know if you're hosting anything you don't have to seek approval it's it's your decision yeah which is kind of liberating um but you know it, it's still kind of there's there's points where it's like oh man it's real quiet it's like uh you know on a on a weeknight there's not much going on and maybe it's conducive to studying but um yeah i and i guess I wasn't really living alone for the last year. I was with my dad. Mm -hmm. uh, I had my own room, but it wasn't, you know, I was still read, would pass him here and there. Um, so it, it's, I think that was in a bit of an adjustment too, for sure. Because um, I know your living situation, you have a room to yourself, but it's not a space entirely your own. Yeah. So it's my first time in like a school setting that I've had my own room, which has been very, very nice. Um, yeah. Definitely wouldn't have wanted to do grad school with like a direct like room room roommate um um the living space situation has been interesting um it's the first time in my life that I haven't lived or like haven't chosen my roommate slash like been friends with them I guess besides study abroad but that was very different um so because I was just so much more short term and also my roommate was like never around and yeah. so we just like didn't really pass each other that much but so that's been an interesting dynamic. I mean, I think it's gone well, although I don't, I won't do it again. Um, I will either live with friends next year or live by myself, definitely. Um, just because I think that's a better situation for me. Um, but coming into, at least coming for into grad school for me, like there was just like no real guidance on like where are like safe places to live where are good places to live like how can you connect with people who like are also looking for roommates and that was really difficult and kind of forced me into like graduate school housing um here which like you know isn't my favorite thing in the world but it is what it is and it's getting the job done for now and I'm counting down the days until I move out but <laughs> but I do really like my room. It's a cute little space. I've made it homey and it is what it is. So now, yeah, exactly. I mean, you're coming down to the home stretch sort of like seven weeks to go or something. Yeah, which is crazy because in my mind, I'm like, okay, this semester is already over, which means then I have one year left. I feel like I just got here and it's just so crazy to think about. 
Yeah, that's uh, it's kind of scary, I gotta say. <laughs> but I mean, encouraging that you get to kind of start fresh, new yeah. space after uh, a couple more weeks. Hanging are you there. are you gonna stay in your apartment? Is that your plan? Right now, yeah. So I signed uh, an extension into February of next year, and then I'll probably get okay. the extra three months, months or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I would have loved a roommate, like a situation where I could have had my room. And my roommate could have had his room and we could have shared the space. Yeah. Um, it's just so hard. Yeah. Like you were saying to find it's, we don't really have the apparatus to facilitate that with grad students um, or it's not, it's certainly not what it could be. I mean, it's just, it, it's just a Facebook group and it's not very active. Um, yeah. So. It's just very it, different. Yeah. Very different. Very different. <laughs> um, what's something that, I guess, kind of caught you by surprise about grad school. You weren't really expecting, if there is anything. Caught me by surprise. Um, a couple things. I think one of them is how diverse, and I, I've already kind of touched on it, but the diversity of the class that I was a part of, and, mm -hmm. and not, not just demographically, um, obviously age diversity, um, but the amount of backgrounds that people are coming from, I, you know, in, in my political science coursework, everybody there, well, they, you didn't really have a background by then, right? But everybody had the same general interests. Um, in grad school though, with public policy, you have some people who are coming from totally different backgrounds. You have folks that were engineers at one point, you have folks that were, you know, in the medical profession who are coming and, are seeking out you know policy solutions to some of the problems that they have seen on the job you have people who are teachers who are coming back to get their education you have people who who you know do have a policy background or worked in government who are coming back and that's sort of you know that's the majority that's the lion's share of, of of our class but yeah i mean you just people that you would have never interacted with in your undergraduate institution are now all yeah. here doing the same coursework that you are. And of course, there's some you know differentiation in terms of classes that you're taking, but you're all taking the same core classes. Um, you know, so at the very least, you'll be working with them, you know, in those six classes. Um, but you know, it's it's fantastic. I I'm very I'm pleasantly surprised at how diverse, you know, um the class is and 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 with respect to people's backgrounds, because it just makes it more fun. It makes it a more engaging classroom experience. And you might be coming from a totally different background and, you know, we might be doing a case study on, you know, the Affordable Care Act. And you have someone who is actually impacted by that or was impacted by that when they worked in the healthcare industry every day. Mm -hmm. And having that perspective, it, it takes those policy discussions that you have in class from abstract to concrete. Yeah. Same thing with professors too. Um, there, there's quite a bit of diversity in viewpoints and in, uh, in their backgrounds as well. Um, so yeah, I think that's 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 one of one of the biggest surprises. That's um, awesome though. It's like seems like a good surprise. Yeah, no, it is. It is a great surprise. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a less great surprise, but <laughs> um, UT is a huge campus. That is a big surprise. It's like, I mean. GW, you know, you can walk across in like 15 minutes and, you know. Yeah. But UT, you just kind of, you just keep walking. Yeah. <laughs> it's huge. Um, luckily, all our classes are kind of in one campus, but if That's you want good. to 
if you wanted to go to the co-op or to the library it's a it's about a two-mile hike so damn uh, but man. that's far um Okay, so my next question is a little abstract in some ways. It's it's coming a little bit from personal experience and like moments I have. Um, so I know like sometimes for me, um, so I have like a few friends that are in grad school, right? Like you and a few others are in law school. And so we're all kind of in the same boat, like working kind of like part-time or like, you know, while in school. But then we have friends who are, you know, just working a nine to five or like friends who like, you know, took a few months at home to get a job or whatever it is. And sometimes I just find myself just sitting there and being like, damn, like, I just wish I had a nine to five today. Like, I just wish I had a nine to five and could go home and not have to worry about schoolwork afterwards or like not have to worry about getting this assignment done so that I can like travel on the weekend and not have to worry about it or whatever. Um, and I feel like that's like another weird thing about where we're kind of at in life and where we like, you know, we're young and we decided to continue our education and that's a great thing. And I think we both did it because it was the best decision for us um, mm -hmm. while other people probably felt differently for themselves at the time. And maybe they'll go back later, maybe they won't. Um, but I guess like, do you ever feel like that where you're just like, man, like sometimes I wish I had done this or I could do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think we talked about it actually, but yeah. yes, there's a lot of times where I'll see friends post. Um, I don't know. They'll, they'll be posting about going on vacation. Um, that they just yeah. you know, they have taken some time off work and they're now traveling. And I just, yeah, sometimes I, I go into a uh, space where I'm like, oh, that would have been fun. I wonder what that mm -hmm. would have been like. I never, and I think this is true for both of us, but I never regret, I'm, I don't regret where I'm at. No, absolutely, yeah. But it's always fun. It's always like, a, oh, well, what if? Like, that would have been interesting. Um, or it's just like hard to have those moments to be like, dang, like, I wish I could do that, but I can't because I'm in school type of thing. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah, because you're, I mean, they're having these experiences and, you know, as a grad student, you can have some of that experience, right? But yeah, yeah your schedule is just so different. You're, you're constrained by time. You're also constrained by, you know, money for, for you That know. was the next thing I was going to bring up. Like, you can't really, like, yeah, balling on a budget, I suppose. But it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not, there's not much uh, wiggle room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough when, like, you know, you know, you're going to school so that you can like better yourself and like, you know, get the job you want or have the salary you want when you're, you know, older um, versus people who just like, you know, they go straight into the job force and you're like, okay, I'm making minimum wage at my part-time job while in school. And then like you have friends who have like real salaries and they're like, you know, there's a lot more money available and it's like hard because you don't want to miss out on experiences like with those people if like they want to like travel or do this and like right you're like okay like I don't want to miss out on an experience but you're also like you said balling on a budget like it's a little it's a little tighter um yeah. on those ends and I feel like sometimes that's tough too is managing like my social life and like those having those experiences while also being in school and also trying to be like money conscious it's just a difficult balance to play with. Absolutely. 
I, I do think though, and I, I'm curious to hear what you think about this, but I do think there's a sense or there's a tendency to kind of view things through um, rose tinted glasses, a, a case where the grass is always greener yeah. on the side. And mm -hmm. so I wonder if, if the same is true for folks who are in the workforce now, who maybe have a job that they don't love, uh, yeah. but took because one, the money was good, or two, it was the first thing that came to them. Mm -hmm. and who are now looking at it and are like uh, maybe I might want to change this or maybe I might want to shift out of this yeah so I wonder I wonder to what extent that is the case I mean obviously it's it's hard to probably but yes. I, I wouldn't be surprised and I think seeing the the makeup of a, a lot of the grad school students I've interacted with it seems like a lot of people who who were looking to shift who were looking to pivot out of what they hopped into initially mm -hmm. undergrad um and yeah now i'll just say like it, there there's some benefits to to the grad school schedule like we're both about to have a week off which is yes divine. that is nice is great. i i'm really gonna miss like after i graduate next may i'm really gonna miss like having winter break and having mm -hmm. summer break um that's one thing that's gonna it's gonna hurt um we've gotten so used to it now it's been like how many years like, <laughs> going all the way back we to were like five years old yeah oh that's, uh, that's even weird. then like you didn't really have like your whole life was a break because right. basically the last like by the time we graduate like the last 24 years of our lives will have been like on that schedule so like okay. almost a quarter of a century that's when you put it that way that's disgusting that is um yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be hard to shift out of that schedule. So I think, yeah, I think I'm enjoying it for the time being. I, I yeah. won't be supposed to be getting paid more. That's great. Mm -hmm. Having some more time to, yeah, to go like to destination races, to like go and train in cool places. Like, I think that would be pretty fun too. Yeah. Um, okay. Did you ever, um, I guess you did. You did comp contemplate not going to grad school um I guess what did you want to do if you didn't go to grad school well let's see I mean I have two answers one pre-pandemic and then post-pandemic or once it had started yeah yeah, yeah. pre-pandemic my plan was always to do Peace Corps uh for a couple of years yeah. I mean I, I just hearing from Matthew Whitmark, I didn't know that for some reason yeah oh no you didn't yeah, I wanted to do Peace Corps when I was like a freshman oh, slash sophomore. Wow. I was super into that. And then I got on the grad school train and then I got off the grad school train and I don't really know where I went after that. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's that's relatable. <laughs> but I, um, I don't think looking at uh, Peace Corps either. I guess it was, you know, ways back. So it was like it was like during like early affinity days mm -hmm. that I was thinking about it. But that was like, you know, I wasn't even halfway through college at that point, so. Right, right. You have plenty of time to change your mind. Yeah. And so what was after the pandemic started? Yeah, after that, I was thinking of maybe doing, there was an AmeriCorps program that I had applied to. Mm -hmm. um, it was with the, what's it called? Conservation or, uh, oh, Climate Action Corps, I think is it was the actual term. But it was going to be out in California. Oh, okay. It looked like a really fun. It looked like a really fun um, site host and site selection. Um, it would have been a, a neat experience. Totally different, mind you. Um, yeah. Still, still similar. Like not balling on a budget, certainly, because AmeriCorps is certainly not glamorous. But 
yeah, that would have been, uh, that probably would have been the backup. Yeah. Cool. Um, what do you think like was the hardest thing about going from like your life at GW for the last four years or like just in general, can you speak on that? Like the transition in general from going from being an undergrad, being around your friends all the time, having that like little bit of a better support system also for you like obviously you were close to your dad and even now let you're back in Texas you're not like super close to home so mm-hmm. I guess kind of what were what were the hard things about that yeah I think the hardest is like you said that support system that is no longer there or certainly a lot further yeah <laughs> you know social yep. media and texting isn't the same no, it's not. I mean, you can have as many FaceTimes as you want with your best friends, but it's not the same as going out with them. It's not the same as, you know, go getting going and getting brunch with them. Like it just, it's different. Yeah. And especially, I feel like our experiences were particularly unique because we had a very like tight knit group. Because of the pandemic. Yeah. That was our yeah. bubble. We, that's who we were interacting with. Um, so it was like a tight knit group of like 10, 12 people. Yeah. I think that was, that's all who we saw from like summer 2020 to yeah for extension graduation yeah Mm -hmm. and so go from that to and then in my case going living alone having to meet new people my dad is no longer you know as close as he was he's still in Virginia and my other side of the family is in El Paso which is eight hours away yeah that yeah that was I think going back to that conversation about transitions um, yeah, that was, uh, there was some growing pains there for sure. And, you know, luckily there was, you know, started kind of making friends as the semester went on mm-hmm. uh, friends who I now consider very close. That's uh, good. Yeah. So in there, getting there. Um, but it, you know, it took time. It took time. Um, just cause you, you're so I feel like a GW or, you know, in DC it's, it was characterized by like being comfortable you know mm-hmm. all around your friends you were comfortable um because you had known them for four years right yeah but there's a similar transition that had to happen from high school to to college so I think you know I was confident that I could make it it just would take a <laughs> it took a it took a bit it took a bit of time yeah and I think in a lot of ways it kind of in a different way than from high school to undergrad is that it forces you to like grow up a little bit and like face reality because you don't any like you don't have those people close to you anymore and you're kind of like okay I'm in this like kind of alone like even though you do still have your support system Mm -hmm. you're essentially like okay like I need to be able to like go and do this stuff on my own because like that's what I need to do for myself and like I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting experience where you do spend a lot more time just like on your own, doing your own thing. Um, especially like you living by yourself. And I mean, me, I don't really interact with my roommate super much. So essentially living alone in a lot of ways. Um, well, how's that been for you that, um, that transition? Um, it was definitely hard. I would say at the beginning of September and October, I pretty much went home like almost every weekend because it's only an hour and 40 minute drive. So I was like, well, do I want to sit in like Springfield, Massachusetts by myself? Or do I want to go home and like, at least like be with my parents and like have people to talk to. Um, And so that was always kind of like the no brainer for me was was drive home. And um, now I don't do that as much because 
I'm a little bit more established. I have like things going on. I have work and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I've made friends. So like, there's a little bit more to do on the weekends. Um, it still isn't like glamorous because although Springfield's a city as, you know, like characteristically, it's not super lively, not in the way like DC is or Austin is. So that's been a lot harder because I think, you know, I was just spoiled for four years living in DC and yeah. just, you know, how much I love the city there. So yeah, definitely a truck transition. I mean, luckily enough, you know, I have, you know, some of our friends live in Boston, so I can go visit them or, you know, going to New York's not that far and then going home's not that far or going up north to ski is not that far. So it's kind of that middle ground that I knew was going to give me the education, which was the most important thing to me for two years. I know we've had tons of conversations about this on our runs um, last year when we were both like going through it. Um, but I was like, okay, going into grad school, like when I went to undergrad, I prioritized location. I prioritized like what I knew was going to make me happy. And that was like GW. And that, luckily the GW had obviously a program that I wanted to be a part of and that like all worked out. But I was like, when I go to grad school, like I can't be as picky about that stuff. Like I have to go for the program and where it's going to get me for when I get out. It's two years. And luckily enough, like, you know, Springfield has a great program and it is close to home, which I think was a big deciding factor for me. I mean, there were reasons why I didn't apply to other schools like in Florida or down south because I didn't want to separate myself that much um, from the people that I know but um it kind of worked out luckily I mean do I wish GW had had a program like maybe I don't know it probably would have cost me a lot more maybe but I think it all kind of worked out in the end so I'm not mad about it <laughs> no absolutely and I mean I'd say it's working out pretty well yeah from the experience um you know I, I I forget who I was talking to about this but I think it's like, I don't, would you have realized how much you'd miss DC if you had never left? No. And that's, that's the thing is like, I would love to go back and live in DC for even just like a year or even a few months or whatever. Um, but I think, especially for us, and I, I think you probably feel the same way. I think we both needed to leave. I think we needed to get out. And I think a lot of our friends have said the same thing was that like, especially after being there during the pandemic, and having the school year be the year way that it was, it was just time to leave, time to experience something new. And I think a lot of us do eventually want to go back, at least for a short period, but yeah. it'll have been good because I think we can separate ourselves from our college life by then versus if I had continued to stay. Right. Absolutely. I, I 100% second that. Yeah. <laughs> needed to, needed a break from the city, but I love it. And yeah. now I know I love it. I, you know, I definitely see myself being back there oh that'd be fun to get a little reunion going in dc i know <laughs> like i do little... miss the roots for running because the running roots oh, I... are a plus <laughs> i i miss dc running so much yeah like okay everybody before i came to austin was like oh yeah it's a good run town you know you got the the river which they call a lake um i don't know why it's very clearly it's a river, river. <laughs> not a river but they call it ladybird lake and y'all are absurd anyway <laughs> but the, yeah the, people were like oh yeah the running is going to be good and apart from that trail it's like 10 miles around and apart from like a little like 
well, it's not little, but it's like really rocky and you can't really run on it. There's like this hike trail that kind of goes along Barton Creek, uh, which kind of is an offshoot of the river. There's not, you know, it's not like you have a Rock Creek Park. You don't have the canal. You don't have the mall. Um, mall. Yeah, no, it's it's all like street running. And there's like big, you know, bike lanes. So at least that's nice, but yeah, just doesn't hit the same. Ugh, I miss it. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's not. I mean, here, I would say the one good thing that I like about running here is I live like a tenth of a mile, if that, from a track which we never oh, had in G wow. at GW. That's a lead. So okay. that, that I very much enjoy. Um, actually running around campus is not very fun. Um, oh man. <laughs> most of the time I just end up running like loops around campus or like loops around the neighborhood right nearby. Um, but it's also not like super safe. Like it, you can go in one direction and it's like a little nicer. And then the other direction is like, sketchy like run around yeah. i mean like i'll run there during the daylight hours but at night i'm a little bit more weary and with the grad school schedule sometimes those are the hours that allow for me to get my run in and so that can be difficult um most of the time i find myself driving to run either like 15 to 30 minutes away which is also like time consuming to be um, like I'm going to drive 15 minutes, but to go do my run, but that means I'm not starting my run for probably like 20 minutes. And then when I get back, I'm not like getting back for like 20 minutes until like after my run. And so it's just like, you know, it takes more time in your schedule that you normally don't even already have versus in DC where I could walk out the door and go in any direction and be on, like have so many options, you know? And I think we were spoiled living in foggy bottom. I know it's not like that everywhere in DC, especially if you live more in the center. Um, but again, I think I was really spoiled. Also the food, the food options are slim here. Oh, no, sad. Um, <laughs> I didn't a of, like. A lot of cooking for yourself, I imagine. Yeah, which is good financially. Yes. Um, I remember the first time I quote unquote ate out here was in November. So like I'd already been here for like two and a half months. Wow. And I got yeah. myself Chipotle. And it was like a big deal. Um, Being yourself. So yeah, it's just like really hard when you can't just walk out your door and like have a sweet green or have like a roadie. Yeah. And you have to drive anywhere, which I just don't have the willpower to do that. So yeah. again, time consuming. Like if you can just whip up your meal at home, like you know, yeah. why you driving like twenty minutes? Yeah. Um. Okay, so I want to know, um, what's your piece of advice for anyone thinking about going to grad school that's like, you know, in college right now, or someone who's even someone who's thinking about going back to grad school? Like, what would you tell them? Oh, good question. Um, let's see. If I were to tell myself, give me some advice. Um, I would say talk to as many or reach out to as many people as you can from that program that you're looking at. Yeah. Um, whether that's professors, whether it's, uh, yeah, reach out to professors, but especially students. Um, and I was fortunate because there were some students at UT who reached out to me to get, nice. to, to ask me, cause I had submitted like interest forms and I was like, I, I'd made it clear that I was interested and folks from the program who were from El Paso reached out to me. I'm like, Hey, let's set up a call. Let's, you know, let's discuss, you know, any questions you might have. And that, you know, that made a huge difference that, yeah 
as much as cause kind of influenced me about UT because I was like, all right, they care. There's students here who, you know, have similar experiences as me. They're doing okay. Um, all right. So I was, I was lucky there, but for other programs that I had applied to, I was reaching out to current students. Um, and usually the, the programs are pretty good about facilitating those conversations. Like on their websites, they'll have a portal where you can ask for, you know, a one-on-one -on -one meeting with students, or they'll have student panels where they'll host uh, like three or four students uh, across the program to, to answer questions and talk about their experiences. So that was extremely helpful just because you can read all the, all the stuff they have on their website. You can read all that admissions information, but it doesn't really get you that like perspective of a student, right? That, yeah. That's really hard to, to, to get. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably the biggest um, advice that I could give, but also, um, you know, talk about it with family, with friends. And you know, I think if I didn't have you to commiserate with, um, I, I probably would have exploded. Yeah. Cause I feel like we were kind of, uh, maybe you felt differently, but like, you were like the one person that I knew that was like, you kind of, I mean, you applied to GW, right. But you kind of knew you probably weren't going to go there. You had like other options that you were seriously thinking about. I mean, I didn't, I couldn't even apply to GW. I applied to Denver and Springfield. So we were like, both thinking of Denver. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, so like super, super different than DC. Um, but yeah, having like that like person that you could just like talk to. I remember we would go on our little like Sunday like runs where we were in pain um, and um, would just kind of like hash it all out. And it was just like good to get it off off our chests to just be like, OK, like not the only one in this boat, because, you know, we had friends who were going to stay at GW. We had friends who already had jobs lined up, friends who, you know, were trying to figure it out. Um, and I think that having that support system made a big difference. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and also I think I kind of spinning myself up and like twisting myself up in knots every single day because of when it came down to like decision time, when I was like, all right, where am I gonna go for the next two years? I was like so stressed and unnecessarily so. And like, yeah. I, I don't like giving or I don't like living by this mantra because like, I think there is some agency involved, but like, most of the time it will work out. You will find a way to make it work out. So no matter what you decide, you decided it for a reason. Yeah. And you should be empowered by the fact that you can kind of control how it plays out, right? How engaged you are with the student body, how engaged you are with uh, admission staff before you get there uh, to make sure that the transition is as smooth as possible and with the acknowledgement that it's going to be very it's going to be a bit of a learning curve it, you know there's going to be some growing pains but yeah I, I i don't know if it's worth it if i don't know if it's worth stressing that much it. about yeah exactly. exactly yeah i think you said that very well um i know one thing that kind of helped me was like i know i've learned about myself because I've, you know, changed schools many times. I was like, you know, experienced what undergrad was like and how I handled that. And I just know like I'm a person it takes a long time to warm up. Like yeah. I like to view, I like to observe people for a while. And like, that's why I don't 
raise my hand right away like the first couple weeks of class honestly the first semester of class like I was like I would overthink what I was going to say so much like I knew what I wanted to say but I would overthink it in my brain and then just like would never raise my hand mm-hmm. or like was just like very like hesitant about like how much I shared about myself like in front of like classmates and stuff like that because I wanted to get it takes me that time to observe people and be like okay like because also my cohort is like in comparison to where what you are my cohort is very like intimate we're like a 20-ish person cohort we take like pretty much all the same classes together um so like walking in day one I was like all right like this is it like these are the people I'm gonna be with for the next two years so you know, got to figure it out. I want to feel it out and see what, like, what, what we're dealing with here. Um, I think one thing that helped me, and I think this is just, I got lucky in the fact that I have like amazing professors, amazing directors of my program was, um, they really ask like, you know, anonymously, they're like, you know, how do you best like engage in class? Like, what are some reasons like why you like might not raise your hand and stuff like that. And so like, I wrote down, honestly, I was like, it takes me time to warm up. And um, I remember going into this semester, my professor asked us again, and I was starting to feel a little bit more confident already. And I was like, you know, like I'm feeling a little bit better already. And so like, I might just be, you know, more apt to raise my hand. And I was like, but honestly, if you feel like I'm not, then just like straight up cold call me because that might just like be the little push that I need but I don't they haven't even had to do that because I just started feeling more comfortable which has been great um but I think being aware of that not beating myself up about it was really good because I was like that in high school and I was like that in college and I'm but you know I knew going into this that I was going to be the same way so I feel like having like that self-awareness of kind of how you work was like very helpful as well Mm. Yeah, no, that's great, Allie. I think that's a, that is some sage advice. It's like, yeah, be confident in yourself and know that, yeah, you'll, yeah, (laughs) know yourself, I think is, uh, would be the, would be the takeaway. And I think grad school gives you a lot of opportunities to just learn more about yourself as well. Like outside of that, like undergrad, outside of that friend group bubble. Mm -hmm. I would agree. I agree. And I think we're better for it too. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey, nice, uh, nice uh, sweatshirt, by the way. Repping. There you Thanks. go. Um, but anyway, so I want to move away from some of the grad school stuff and just talk about some fun, fun, more lighthearted stuff. Um, so I want to know your favorite spot in Austin. Oh, favorite spot in Austin. Okay. Well, I was trashing on uh, Lady Bird Lake, uh, the river that <laughs> it actually, or the lake that they, yeah, the river that they call like. Isn't that where um, people like go tubing or whatever? Yeah, you can. So on summer days, um, especially when the semester kicks back up, you'll see like hundreds of undergrads just kind of descend on it and all these elaborate pool floats, people be kayaking, paddleboarding. It's so fun. It's such a good vibe. Um, but particularly, um, there's some areas um, out in Zilka Park where you can, that's like the big outdoor area. That's like our central park, but like smaller mm-hmm. uh, but it's oh man it's so nice out there so just you know if you're getting a run out there it's gorgeous if you're just like taking your hammock and you know reading for a bit it's got a view of the skyline um and so you know with the grad school schedule you got i have some weekdays that i don't work or don't uh, have class and so i'll go out there because no one else is out there and yeah it's, it's so nice um second though is kind of just walking around hyde park which is the neighborhood i live in 
Um, it's kind of just north of, of UT's campus. Um, uh, such a such a good vibe, you know. This like it feels like you have so much more space than like the downtown area. But in reality, you are only a mile and a half from the campus, and then two miles from downtown. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's re it's really nice. So you can kind of just disassociate, yeah. <laughs> be with thoughts. It's a quiet neighborhood too. So um, I spend I spend a lot of time there uh, for running and otherwise. <laughs> Awesome. Um, I have to check out the spots when I come to visit. No, I'm telling you, Ellie, we're going to have a great time when you come through. I've got, the spots picked out. I've got some nightlife picked out. We're going to be fine. We're going to be great. Yeah. Um, okay. What's your dream runcation that you have not already run there? Oh, dream runcation. Oh, man. Uh, Chamonix, I think, would be top five for sure. Okay. Um, so, so that's like the Mont Blanc course that'd be up in kind of like the Alps. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, I have a friend here actually who ran UTMB. He ran Leadville as well. He's an ultra runner. Wow. Um, he actually looks exactly like Alec. And if Alec is listening, he'll see. And I can send you his profile, Alec. Um, it's absurd. It's absurd how <laughs> similar they look. Anyway, he ran UTMB and he was telling me about it. Um, and it just seems like gorgeous gorgeous place to to do some miles of course it's you know elevation and you might die <laughs> it's, it's so high up but you know i mean it's yeah, fine um so if not that though if something a little more manageable uh just honestly doing some stuff up in flagstaff that, that seems like it'd be pretty sweet or uh well you got to experience boulder so yeah to... it's a uh, hard to breathe i'll be honest coming from living on sea level pretty much your whole life or your whole life uh it was a little it was a little rough on the lungs <laughs> yeah well i mean i guess you just gotta move out there ali get real yeah it entirely i mean to be fair i was also there during like fire, fire season so that was probably also playing a role in the lung issue but you know all right i think you're gonna already have an answer for this maybe you won't i don't know yeah, um your favorite state shape favorite state shape oh come on easy easy days texas <laughs> although it'd be, wild. it'd be wild if i said something like uh i don't know rhode island <laughs> or like um like all the square ones like oh yeah you know I, i'm a really i'm a big fan of kansas you know yeah or like colorado is literally like so square i'm looking over at my map now um or like Wyoming is too. They're just literally like squares. Whack. Couldn't Nothing have. special about them. No, Texas is just, people see it. And from around the world, they know that that is like Texas. That's kind of cool. I, I yeah. hate all the, uh, you know, like the complex that, that people have from Texas, but I don't know. That's kind of sick. <laughs> Some state pride. Yeah. Um, I feel like whenever I, this is so weird, but I feel like whenever I see, think of the state of Texas, like the shape of it, at least I think of, I don't know if you even know what this is going to be, but um, I think of like, I remember this one episode of SpongeBob where he like turns into the shape of Texas. And like, I don't know what he's doing or what the context of that episode is, but like, that's what I picture in my brain. <laughs> I, I don't know why. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, that's, that's a better characterization than like some other people's views of Texas. So I'll take that. There we go. Um, okay. And I remember my question. It is if you weren't like 
in grad school and if you weren't doing like public policy and you were to completely just like choose a rant like another career for yourself another life path like and it could be anything like money is not a factor like what would you want it to be oh man oh that's I know it's a tough one that's a toughie holy shit um I've thought about it you know and and when, when there's been a, a long night of homework or reading. Like what would be your, like, your retirement life, I guess? Like, oh, you know? oh, actually, actually, I have an answer to this. Okay. Um, there's, like, the really, like, like, far out one where I would be, you know, like, a tour guide in one of the islands on New Zealand or one mm-hmm. of the islands. That would be wild. But I think more, well, I guess I could do New Zealand, too, but being a coach and potentially a teacher as well. Yeah. And oh, coaching cross country and track, I should say. You would actually be such a good like teacher slash coach. Oh, Allie. Yeah. Now that I like, I don't, I always knew like that you would like probably pursue coaching at some point. But now that you mentioned like the teacher thing too, I'm like, oh yeah, everyone would be really good at that. I, I, I really, wow, that, that means a lot to me. Damn. <laughs> I it just, me just telling you the truth just the facts well we'll see it just seems like a fun it, it seems like you can have a lot of impact you know yeah. and like everybody in policy is like oh you know like we're going to change the world and like sometimes you do but so often it's just kind of it falls flat or you know it's hard to measure that success but I feel like as a teacher and as a coach yeah it's so easy to see the impacts that you're making like some kids mile time is going to go down or he might he or she might like you know feel more confident in themselves because of the sport that you are helping them learn and then in the classroom i mean you you can you know you can have such a profound impact so yeah it, it seems and maybe it won't be a retirement plan maybe it'll be a post-grad school plan who's to say yeah i mean i agree with you on that one i I always knew as a kid that I would want to be a teacher in some way sometime. Um, I think the coaching thing will come first. Yeah, I, um, I, for sure. Much as a coach type, you know, I mean, it's just, yeah, I, I, I see it so vividly. Yeah, we can, we got this, Evan. There we go. Hey, um, you your contacts, hey, hit up Coach Dunham and say, if you need two assistants. Hey. We'll, we'll ship back to DC easy. You should read his um book that came out. I want to. It's on my list. I gotta find it, uh, or just order. It's on Amazon. Um, I gotta do it. Yeah, I read it on my flight to Oregon mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, and I mean, I wish honestly wish it had been longer so it would have taken up more of my flight. Um, oh, I just God. read it front to back. Oh man! Um, but it was really good. I really really loved it. Um, yeah, ten out of ten would recommend. Okay, I gotta check it out because I heard him on Sidious Mag, and that's how I knew he had a book coming out. Um, yeah, whenever it was, but yeah, I was shocked. I was like, Ali's worked with him. I know, I know this coach. Yeah, easy. Yeah, um, super good. Um, I, I gotta feel kind of surreal though to to see someone that you've like worked with both as a coach and then like through yeah. Club XC, who's like pretty pretty nationally renowned in terms of. yes yeah so it's it's cool um 
But anyways, Evan, that's all I've got for you today. Um, but is there anything else that you wanna touch on? Anything that, anything? Anything. Um, damn, I don't know. I, I think we, we covered a lot of ground, Ellie. That's like we did. a combo. Um, yeah, no, I think we touched on nothing. Nothing's coming to mind. All right, well, whenever you're ready, if you want to give the people later losers, um, it's all you. All right, well, with that, later losers. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. It was so fun talking to Evan. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And yeah, you guys should check him out, Evan Magallanes. It's a cool dude, super friendly, probably one of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, so yeah, thank you, Evan. And I'll be back with some more content hopefully soon as my semester starts to wrap up. I know that it's been a little rough lately, um, slower content coming out, but I'm so, so thankful for you guys who you know listen to multiple podcasts or maybe even weekly, or I guess I shouldn't say weekly, but it's every episode. Um, I appreciate you and more exciting stuff definitely coming this summer or at least in May once my grad um, school uh, semester wraps up. But thank you guys so much. I appreciate you all. Thank you.